Welcome back to Suter's podcast. In the last episode, we heard how Guru Hargoban arrived back in Amritsar, how they met very respectfully with the senior Sikhs like Baba Buddhaji and others, how the townsfolk all celebrated the arrival as well. The last episode ended with Guru Hargoban heading to his residence. That's where chapter 40 picks up here, describing how the Guru is sitting alone in his residence when Mata Kola had a great thirst for the divine sight, the darshan of the Guru. So she comes into the residence with such happiness in her heart, like a partridge bird staring and singing at his beloved, the moon, or like a lotus flower opening up when seeing the sun. The same way, Kaulan entered the residence of the Guru and was filled with bliss while falling at the feet of the Guru. It was like somebody poor obtaining a massive kingdom, how they would think, wow, what a blessed day this is. And in the same way, Kaulan was feeling so blessed, reunited with Guru Hargobin that tears were just falling from her eyes on the lotus-like feet of the Guru. It was as if she was washing the Guru's feet with her tears. She then stood up, clasped her hands together, and was just staring at the Guru with so much attention. She was receiving the fruit of the austerities that she had performed in her past life. She was just filled with so much joy that she couldn't even speak. When Guru Hargobin saw how taken away she was with love, the Guru said, O oh, Kola, how are you? Is your body feeling well? Has everything been fine here? Listening to the sweet words of the Guru, Kola replied saying, When I obtained your grace, from that moment I've been in such bliss. In my heart, I don't have any other desire but to see you. I've been eagerly awaiting for you, and taking the divine name was my only support. Since you've been gone, I've not been able to enjoy anything, not eating my food properly. But if you had come to see me, you would have seen what such a bad state I was in. When I heard that you were coming back, then I immediately was restored to my state of bliss. Obtaining your darshan takes away all my pains. The sight of you always remains in my heart. Guru Hargobind heard this and replied, Kaulna, we told you that you would obtain my darshan every day. We told you the way to obtain the darshan. Even then, you're so struck by this pain. You should have been viewing me every day before you ate. So this is a little backstory here. Some episodes ago when Guru Hargobind left Amritsar, there was a back and forth between the Guru and Kola where Kola was telling the Guru that how can I eat without having your darshan? So Guru Hargobind told Kola to wake up early in the morning, bathe, then recite Japji Sahib. And with that, you'll receive my darshan. And after that, you should enjoy your food and all. So now back to the story here. Kola replied saying, I have had full faith in the instructions that you gave me and I would receive your darshan every day when I would wake up early in the morning, I would bathe and then I would remember you. But that darshan would only be for just a glimpse. In that glimpse, I would see you mounted on horseback with such beautiful clothes on. We wouldn't talk with each other at that moment. I'd just see you for that second and then you would be off. So they continued talking like this back and forth for some time. Kolan's heart was filled with happiness before she then took off back to her own residence. So Guru Hargobind then ate and settled in for the night, sleeping very soundly before then waking up in the last phase of the night when they would bathe and then sit down to focus uh, their concentration on uh, their true self. 
when the sun rose, then they would open their eyes from this meditation. At that time, people were performing the Balaval Jonki, and there were countless Sikhs who were coming to receive the Guru's darshan. There was such congestion there in the city of Amritsar, and such an energy was just spreading amongst everyone. The warriors who came with Guru Hargobind were getting their supplies in that morning, feeding the horses and themselves. And the Divan, the court session where Guru Hargobind was seated, that would last in the morning for about three hours. People would come there, the congregation would come there, Guru Hargobind would fulfill everyone's desires, and Guru Hargobind would then get up, have food which was made very beautifully, it had so many different varieties. Guru Hargobind wouldn't separate himself when eating either. He would sit down amongst all the other six and eat in the same way as them. The food was so deliciously prepared, it had a nice aroma that was passing through the area. There was very fine uh, rice that was made and also food made from really uh, subtle, very fine uh, wheat flour. So all the congregation sat there and enjoyed the amazing varied food. The longer the communal kitchen was so large in Amritsar, people from all over would come and eat twice a day there. So Guru Hargobind would then, after basically lunch, would rest for some time alone in his residence for about an hour and a half before they would get up and then refresh themselves with some water. At that point, he would mount up and head to the forest around Amritsar to hunt, taking his warriors along with him. They would spend their afternoon in this way before heading back to the Akal Takath with all the warriors there and they would sit there, they would hold a Divan session for the evening. All the Sikh leaders, the Masans, would come at that point and bow down placing offerings for the Guru. The Masans were bringing offerings from the Guru's congregation across the lands. So bringing thousands of rupees which would only increase in amount the next time they would come back from those areas. So in all the major cities across the subcontinent there was at least one Masand. And that Masand would then collect money the offerings of the local six, and then that Masan would travel with those offerings then to deliver it to the Guru. So they would be Masans from all over, all the way out in Afghanistan, Kabul area. There would be Masans out all the way far east and south as well. They would all bring these great amounts of wealth as an offering for the Guru. So in the last phase of the day, so about three hours before sunset, there was a very big Divan session where everyone would come first Matartek at Harmandar Sahib do four parakaramas, circles around Darbar Sahib and then come back to the Akal Thakat. Baba Kadrar Babi was there and he was singing Kirtan and, and Sikhs would listen to him perform Kirtan with such love. So Sikhs would stream in from all around at that time to meet with the Guru, having their desires fulfilled. And those Sikhs who had a desire for wisdom, those Sikhs who wanted liberation from this world, who were imbued with the service, the seva for the Guru's house, love for the Guru's house, those who would do anything the Guru requested of them, the, the Guru would bless them with liberation. So it would be in this evening time when Sodar Rehras would be recited. Everyone would bow down after its completion and then everyone would walk behind Guru Hargobind as they would do Parakarmas of Darbarasai walking around the Sarovar. Before then heading to the Darshan Diori, bowing down there and then walking up to Darbarasai and then doing parkaramas around Darbar Sahib there. This was all done while singing the Shabbas of the Chaunki. All the Sikhs were singing and listening to the Shabbas being recited by Gurdas Ji, Baba Buddha Ji included. Guru Hargobind saw this tradition being performed and was so happy. He said, blessed, blessed are you Baba Buddha Ji who has started this new tradition. 
with the love of Amritsar in your heart. Then Guru Hargobind would praise Pai Gurdachi as well, saying, Pai Gurdas, you are so blessed with such a great love of Sikhi you have in your heart. Then at night, Guru Hargobind would go back to his residence to spend the night there in peace. The Guru had sent a message to the standing army, though, that was stationed at Kartarpur in Doabba, so just north of Jalandhar, that they should come to Amritsar as well. So they were headed that way. And amongst that group was the young Pandey Khan warrior as well. When they arrived that next day, Guru Hargobind inspected the troops properly, looking at each and every soldier. He asked them all how they were doing, and they would all happily respond, saying, O Master, who is beyond pain, with your grace we are so well. Then Guru Hargobind would go to the stables. He saw all the horses there that the army had brought, and he saw that the horses were now back in full form. Guru Hargobind said, Now these horses look strong and healthy. So this is why the army was sent to uh, Kartarpur in Dwaba is that because that area had supplies of fresh grass which could then keep the horses healthy. Guru Hargobind then looked over and he saw Pandit Khan there as well and he saw how big he was. For the first time he had saw him he had grown you know one and a half times as big because of the very healthy and rich food that he was receiving that he was eating. His arms were quite long and were thick like the trunks of a baby elephant. He was getting really tall as well, and his mustache and beard were just coming in. His physique was so strong and big, unlike anybody else's there amongst all of the Guru's warriors. And Guru Hargobind was so happy seeing that and thinking that he would become such a strong and powerful warrior and will show his might on the battlefield. So in order to teach him Ayodhavidya, the art of weaponry and warfare, the exalted Guru Hargobind then said to him, you should start now your physical training. You should train every day, twice a day. So Pandey Khan obeyed the command and would start his training with weighted clubs cl- called Munglia. He would grab one in each hand with the weight of one man. A man is a measurement which there has been debate about of the exact weight uh, at the time of Guru Hargobind. So if you look into Persian sources like the records of Akbar and Jahangir, they don't give too much clarity about the weight other than it's likely between 15 kilograms, so around 34 pounds, up to as much as 40 kilograms, which would be 88 pounds, which would be an extraordinary weight for a single club, but it's not completely unheard of. People were swinging these amounts around. So Pandekhan would swing these clubs for about an hour and a half was the time he was exercising he would then do press-ups, he would bring the munglia, he would bring the clubs down low near his feet, then he would lift them straight up, almost like a shoulder press with these. And in this way, he would do countless amounts of these presses, they were called bale. He would then swing them, these clubs around his head in all directions, sometimes low, sometimes high. Then he would hold them in the middle of the club, and then he would do some squats with them as well. And when he would get stronger, when he could lift this weight easily, he would then increase the weight of the weighted clubs, swinging them around with great speed. Guru Hargobind saw him increasing in strength, and then the Guru had clay pots filled with sand. These pots were then attached to ropes, and the ropes were then attached to Pandekhan's biceps, weighing his arms down. So he would have to swing these clubs around while these weighted pots were holding his arms down. 
And he would continue training in this way, swinging these weighted clubs with these pots of sand, essentially tying his arms down. And then he would do his presses after that, lifting the clubs straight up. And Guru Hargobind, watching all of this, was just so happy seeing him training hard. The Guru would tell him that, okay, now that you're doing this amount of weight, put some more sand in those buckets, in those pots. You know, as much as your arms can handle. So he would do this for some time, training in Amritsar, and according to local oral tradition, this training was done where the Akali Fulla Singh Burj now stands in Amritsar. So this is a tower related to Akali Fulla Singh, who was the Jatsadar of the Akal Sakat in the early 1800s. And the Akalis, the warriors of Akali Fulla Singh, would train there just like the warriors of Guru Hargobind would as well. So the Guru saw Pandit Khan training there for some time like this and then eventually said to him, Pandit Khan, now instead of using these pots of sand to weigh your arms down, now get two very strong wrestlers. Have them hold your arms down while you're trying to swing these weighted clubs. So Pandit Khan agreed. He continued training and he had these two very strong wrestlers, each holding one of his arms down. And even that he was able to to do. He was able to swing the clubs while people were holding their arms down. Everyone watching this was amazed at Pandit Khan, thinking, wow, this really nobody as strong as him. In addition to this, twice a day, he would do these Indian push-ups called Dund. He would also do these inverted push-ups, placing all of his weight just on his hands um, and doing push-ups that way. He was so strong that he could even do these inverted push-ups just one-handed. So day by day, he was getting stronger and stronger. He would be able to take a shield, which in those times were made not out of metal, but out of different types of animal hides, most famously uh, out of rhino hide. But he would be able to take this shield and just rip it in half with his strength. He would be able to place a coconut between his arms and just crack it. And he was so strong, they said, you could put a silver coin within his fingers, a silver rupee coin, and he would be able to squeeze it so hard with his fingers that it would rub the imprint off of that coin. So in this way, because of his strength, he would be able to show off with these great feats of strength. And Guru Hargobind was so happy seeing him getting stronger and stronger, the Guru would graciously gift to him great amounts of wealth and items to please him. The poet Santokh Singh here says that we'll revisit the stories of Pandika in the future, but now listen to the stories of various Sikhs who came to meet with the Guru and received specific teachings. And in taking these teachings from the Guru, we were able to cut all their temporal and spiritual bondage. So I'll cover just a bit of these stories, but please listen attentively and fall into the flavor, into the ras of these beautiful teachings. So that's how the poet Santokh Singh concludes this chapter. And it marks a very important part for us on this journey. In the next six chapters, we'll be covering what is called the Sikhande Prasang, basically a question and answer section where various Sikhs of the Guru are coming to Guru Hargobind and asking him very specific questions about the Guru's teachings. There comes out to be about 25 questions from these six chapters we're going to get through. So the next chapter will begin, starts off with the first question, which is what is the proper etiquette to discuss the meetings of Gurbani? And here Guru Hargobind will go into four types of discussion two of which should be engaged in by six and two of which should not. And the second question in that chapter coming up is, if the world is thought of as one, as just unified, then why do we experience things individually? So this section here actually stems from 
the personal writings of Pai Mani Singh in the Sikhandi Pagatamala. And the poet Santok Singh is using that as a source here. So it's really exciting to cover this passage. And that's where we're going to pick up next time. But as always, I'd like to thank those who have been supporting the podcast through the Mangalacharan Patreon page. Get out,